Hey everyone, welcome back to Doses of Darling. This is now part two of episode two, When Life Takes You on a Detour. I'm obviously going to start by thanking all of you who have watched my first and second episodes already. I still am feeling all of the love and all of the support. Watching the number of subscribers grow too is really awesome for me. So thank y'all. Thanks for sticking by me. I will continue to pray to God to fill me with whatever wisdom he wants me to share with y'all. I've already recorded my episode three and I have brought on a guest for this one. So we're finally going to get into like real mental health stuff. This episode is going to be about internal family systems, which is a great, great counseling theory that helped me with the trauma that I had with my mom and helped me to start healing it and and reheal it every time that I that I need to because of the backsliding that I talked about in episode one that, that happens with trauma. Um, it's just, I go into detail about the things that I went through growing up with my mother and how this trauma served its purpose to help me heal all of those things and continue to heal everything that I went through. And so, yeah, let's recap a little bit of where we left off on part one of episode two. I was talking about my very difficult year in Boston. It was my first year teaching. I went through a divorce. I incorrectly uh, confided in students when I shouldn't have. And so I guess this is the point where I want to clarify some of the things that I mentioned in episode one, because I don't want to make anybody look like a monster or like a bad people or so I'm going to clarify by saying that I still talk to a couple of teachers from the school that I taught at in Boston I did form friendships with people and eventually and I also want to state that had I not been as immature and ashamed and green and embarrassed by what was going on in my life, I had people that I could have turned to and I would have turned to some of the people who were there for support. Um, The people that I did turn to, as I mentioned, were there for a specific amount of time and then like didn't know how else to help me because I was having a breakdown, right? I was going through a divorce during my first year of teaching. And so I don't blame them for anything. It's like, how much more help can we give this person? Um, But also, I know that I came off as a total victim when I was talking about being ostracized by the teachers that were embracing me as a friend somewhat in the beginning. And so I want to come in and take responsibility and say how badly I feel for having ignored or not having taken into consideration these women who confided in me that they were interested in the male who started giving me attention eventually. Um, I basically betrayed that friendship that was forming and it was something that I'm not, still something that I'm not proud of. But again, I was operating from a very vulnerable and hurt place and not justifying, again, that it was okay behavior. 
But um, yeah, I just wanted to clarify those things and the ostracizing makes a little bit more sense now. It didn't just come out of the blue. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to clarify that and, and, uh, not make anybody, especially like those people at, at that school, like, I don't want to make anybody look badly ever. And so I, I just wanted to come out and clear the air on that. So the last episode, what I had said at the end was that I thought because I was having such a difficult, uncomfortable time in Boston, that it was time to go back home to California. So Let's see what other things this detour had in store for me to get me to where I am today. So because of that bleak year in Boston, I felt like maybe it was time to go back home. Kind of. I started throwing applications to be a teacher at different places. And Austin, Texas was one of them because I had come here when I was 17 and the reason that we visited was because my dad had gotten got it in his head at that point that we were going to move here. Um, and so he invested in a property and we came to see actually this is this is the house. Um, he invested in this house in 2004 and we came to visit uh, to see what my mom felt like. And my mom was like, fuck, no, I hate it here. <laughs> We're not moving here. We're not uprooting the family to come to this terrible place. My mom did not like Austin. I, on the other hand, don't remember too much about Austin except for being taken to the Capitol and then going to the Riverwalk and on the way back from San Antonio, stopping at the outlets. And in my memory right now, the skies, as far as I could remember, were blue and cloudless and clear as far as the eye could see. And this is how clearly I remember it, that I remember the store we went into. We went into the Puma store. And then it just started raining cats and dogs. And it started thundering really loudly. And it started... the And I saw lightning as bright as possible. And I was like mesmerized by how quickly the um the weather changed i even said to myself because i I was 17 and my mood swings were horrendous and i didn't know the difference between like a bipolar diagnosis i was very dumb and didn't know much about psychology then please don't judge me i literally said to myself oh my god the weather here is bipolar just like my moods I'm gonna live here one day again y'all this is one of the things that it's like I manifested it at 17 years old and I ended up here when I was 25 so timing God's timing and so I uh yeah I Texas came a knocking that I had a Skype interview and one of the students that I confided in in Boston um, helped me pack some boxes. I think I sent like 35 boxes to a friend's, a friend of my father's house here in Austin. And I made it here on the 31st of July of 2013. And so I got hired at another private Catholic school and immediately like made great friends with the faculty and staff. I loved the kids. The demographic was 
mostly Hispanic children who spoke Spanish already. So anyway, um, I started teaching there. Absolutely loved the kids. But I really felt inadequate as a teacher. I felt like my kids were not learning anything. And I stayed there for two years. The second year, I felt the same. I felt like, like I was failing at getting the kids to learn the content. Um, we connected really well because my favorite part of being in the classroom with the kids was shooting the shit and finding out what was going on with their lives and um, running the Spanish club and selling snacks out of the closet in the back. <laughs> It was uh, for the Spanish club. It was not for me. It was not for my profit. Um, throwing the Cinco de Mayo parties that I threw. The other was Muerto stuff that we did. Like I did a whole bunch of, I love the cultural aspect of it. I didn't really enjoy much teaching the language because I didn't feel like I had the tools adequate to teach the kids. And so by then it was like the third year of teaching and I still didn't feel like I was doing a good job. So I left also, the admin was not very good. And I used those two excuses to be like, you know what? I don't think teaching is for me. I'm going to go explore and see what I'm what else I can do. So I took a job um, for the city. I worked at a refugee clinic for a little bit. And my job there was as an interpreter for the Cubans who were coming through. And then I also um, prepared green card paperwork for any other for all refugees that passed through our clinic after they went through the vaccination process and like everything else that they needed to go through. So um, I liked that job, but uh, it wasn't fulfilling my purpose. And then, and then a very, inter not interesting, a very bad thing happened. Um, I was in another toxic relationship that lasted for years and years and years. And um, I got a... I didn't mention the first one, but I got a second DWI here in Austin. For those of you in California, DUI. Um, obviously, I didn't learn from the first time around. And God needed to send me the message again. And so um, I got a second one. And this second DWI, because... Of the short amount of time that passed between the first DWI and the second one, um, I was asked to not only go to counseling on my own, but also to take counseling classes with people who had had DWIs as well. And those group classes were the ones that started me on my mental health journey before I even started the mental health counseling program at the school. They forced me to self-reflect and think about why I was drinking the way that I was drinking. Because it wasn't to the point of alcoholism. I was being self-destructive because of this toxic relationship. And I was making some stupid choices like driving while drunk. And um, it helped me realize the relationship that I had to alcohol then was me only drinking when I was angry or when I was mad I or sad, sorry, when I was angry or when I was sad. And I have made it a point since that DWI to never, ever, 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 ever drink when um, 
when I'm happy, when I'm sad or angry. I only drink uh, socially and when I know that I'm in a good mood. So, um, yeah, that self-reflection made me realize, um, okay, you're being self-destructive. Why are you being self-destructive? What's going on? It just it pl- it started planting a lot of a lot of seeds in my head and then or in my brain and then also started me on my healing journey at least with alcohol in that moment. And so um throughout that whole process then um I got a second job because the DWI cost a lot of money and I needed to pay for so many different things and lawyer fees and did just so many different things court fees and um the places where I did the counseling I just needed to pay for a lot of things and so I got a second job but I started missing kids the classroom the connections that I made with my students and yeah I started applying for for schools in like September and was like ugh, maybe I'm not gonna get hired this year I might have to wait till next year because um school's already started so I just threw out the applications and dismiss them a little bit and then in the middle of November I was reached out or a school reached out to me and um, apparently they had just let go of their Spanish teacher and so they interviewed me had me come in and do like a practice lesson with the kids and I got hired I got hired and I was so happy that I got hired even though it was like the middle of November right before Thanksgiving because this school and the kids here solidified that I needed to go on this mental health journey for myself, but also that I needed to be a counselor. The kids at this school and the connections that I formed with them, I I think I was more aware. I think I've always formed this kind of connection with the kids, but because I still talk to students from the school in Boston. I still talk to the students from the first Catholic school that I taught at here. And a lot of them are in their 20s now and they've taken me out to dinner or they visited me. A couple of kids come have come to visit me from Boston. I've seen a few of them in California. Like I know that I've been reaching people and touching people's lives and hearts for a while, but it took me a while to realize that. And so this school, the the second to last school where I taught was what solidified, like you need to become a mental health therapist because on my off periods, the kids would like peek their head in and be like, miss, hey, do you have a minute? Or miss, can I talk to you for a second? And they would just spill everything. Um, I absolutely loved my students and I only left this place because of bureaucratic things that were happening higher up that wouldn't allow me to excel or do anything further at that school. But um, it pained me, pained me deeply to have to leave this place because of the connections that I had formed with the kids. I was an advisor for a homeroom of 13 boys. And even though they were annoying as hell sometimes, I felt like a mama bear with them um they were my boys they were my kids and so I I would always step out to defend them (laughs) and so um yeah it really hurt me to have to leave this place but 
the next school that I ended up at was probably a godsend because I could not have ended up at a better place. Um, <clears throat> during 2017, right before I left this second to last school, um, I had enough of a motivation and drive to apply to a mental health counseling program. And I was linked to the Seminary of the Southwest by my then pastor, Alex Montes Vela from St. Mary Magdalene Episcopal Church in Maynard. And because of him, I was able to meet with the admissions person at the seminary. The seminary is for people who want to become Episcopalian pastors or deacons, but there's also an extension program for the mental health counseling, clinical mental health counseling counseling degree. And so um, I just figured it was perfect for me to integrate my spirituality and my religion into my mental health services. And so I applied, I got accepted, and I had the drive to do it because I was out of my toxic relationship for about five months. And then I allowed it back in, in 2018. And when I allowed it back in and I told him that I got accepted, he was like, are you sure you want to take this on? You're already a high school teacher. Why do you need another degree? It's going to be expensive. How long is it going to take? You're just going to waste your time. So many discouraging things, um, along with a comment that had been made by a girlfriend of mine. We were at dinner and I had told her that I'd been considering this degree and she said, well, aren't you already doing it in the classroom? You're basically already living your purpose. So it doesn't seem like you need to go and get another degree if you're already doing what it is that you want to do. And I was like, yeah, but she didn't know in that moment of my feeling of inadequacy in front of the students, my feeling of like, I'm not teaching you anything. So, um, yeah, I I decided to defer for a year because I let those comments get to me. But then, I don't know, something inside of me, just once I was at this last school that was like a godsend, I still was in front of students. And this last school was completely different from the other ones because the demographic was different. Most of the other two schools that I had taught at were mostly minorities versus this last school was a private school with like primarily um, Caucasian affluent students. And so even though there was that cultural difference, the kids still connected with me and they still opened up to me. And again, the most fun part of going to work was... Um, just shooting the shit with the kids, you know, just talking to them, them opening up about their lives more so than me standing up trying to get them to produce a language. I just, I still didn't have the tools, man. I didn't feel adequate. And um, even though this school was great, the teachers were amazing. The hours were awesome. Um, teachers here had families. They had kids, they had husbands, they were married, they were established, they had been there for 15 years versus the other schools where I had gone to. The turnover rate was high, everyone was single, the hours were so long, we weren't even, like, we didn't even have time for ourselves. So, um, yeah, this this last school was, like, 
heaven sent and it was like the perfect school to end my teaching career at. And so, yeah, I, I finally was like, screw what everyone thinks. (laughs) I want to be a mental health therapist. I don't feel adequate in front of students. I don't feel adequate teaching. I'm just going to follow my gut. I don't care what people say. I don't care how long it takes me because at this point, um, I was thinking I'm going to go, I'm going to go into school teaching part-time or sorry to, I'm going to go to school and take classes part-time. I don't care if it takes five years or six years. I'm just going to pay one class at a time. If that's necessary, I'm going to get this degree. I was determined to get this second master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. And then I got a fellowship. I got a fellowship that paid for the last two years of school but it fast-tracked me and I needed to take full-time courses. So I was full-time teaching, full-time courses, then doing internship at a certain point. The last school year was like, ugh, it was a lot of work. Um, But I survived it. And um, yeah, the catch for the fellowship was that I was gonna get hired at a job in Houston and it just didn't happen. The way that things happened with the exam when I was supposed to take it, it didn't work out. And so that job in Houston was taken away from me. And that sounds terrible, but I didn't want to go to Houston. I did not want to go to Houston. I was dreading having to move to Houston. And I had started training at the place where I was supposed to work in in Richmond, Rosenberg area. But then it just didn't happen. And so throughout the first eight and a half years that I had been in in Austin, I was resisting Texas because of the toxic relationship that I was in. I was like, I need to go back home. Obviously, this is in retrospect, right? In the moment, I was just like, I miss my family. I was the only one in Austin for a very long time, for six years. My dad actually joined me in 2019 but the rest of my blood family all of my cousins that i grew up with who were like my best friends friends from childhood and from college and from high school the beach disneyland everything else is in california and this whole time i have been trying to make my way back home thinking to myself I don't belong in Texas. I hate Texas. I got my two DWIs here. I came here just to fail. Um, And then when Houston didn't work out last year, I had the opportunity to finally move back to California. And I was there for two months. And I realized that the version of Darling from last June and July and August did not fit in California anymore. And it was a very bittersweet feeling to realize that. Then I took the excuse that I needed to come take my licensing exam in person and I ran from California. I drove back here and y'all, when I saw the welcome to Texas sign, so much relief washed over me. I was home. <laughs> Ooh. 
This is the fifth time I record this video and I did not cry in the last four. <laughs> Texas is my home. At least for now. Um, I bought some cowgirl boots. <laughs> but as soon as I stopped resisting Texas... So many good things started happening for me. Oh, wow. So many doors started opening. I started meeting amazing people who uplifted me just in the last six months. Who uplifted me and put up mirrors to me, helped me to continue my healing. Y'all remember the the guy that I was heartbroken over or continue to be a little bit in the last episode? He was one of those people. And that's why I mentioned that it was kind of, even though the dynamic was very similar to my mom's, it was different in that even, there was a bit of rejection, but mostly uplifting comments and beliefs about me and um he helped me a lot I'm so grateful to him for the mirrors that he put up to me the realizations that I've come to just I've I've just met some great people who have helped me to become the person I am right now like in this moment that I'm talking to y'all the amount of growth that I feel that I have made done <laughs> I've grown a lot in the last six months and I'm just very proud of of this person that I am right now I I love 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 this person that I am right now because this is the most genuine the most authentic the most loving, the most caring version of me that I've ever encountered. I'm just so open to so many blessings now. And I took such a long detour to get here. And yeah, I'm 35. But imagine like if I had resisted for longer. That it would have taken me till like 50 and I would have been struggling, still thinking that I needed to go back to California. I, I'm good here. I love who I am. And it's all thanks to the couple of people that I've met in the last six months and, um, all of the support that I have from the people that have been in my life from day one. I made it. I am a licensed professional counselor associate. I'm still working under a supervisor. But I got this second master's degree and I'm doing this podcast now. And the only thing I want to do is help people so... I hope to continue on this track and continue to accept all of the blessings that God has for me. And yeah, Ooh, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a long detour, right? 
to get to finally being a mental health professional. And I want to thank y'all for watching this two-part second episode of Doses of Darling. I do also want to add that one more thing that I learned after my DWIs, obviously, was about Uber and Lyft and designated drivers. Just putting it out there. Um, And I'm just really grateful for this. I'm really happy that this is going on. I I also want to give credit to myself because of the healing journey that I've been on that got me here. I know that um, I've gave credit to specific people that have been in my life recently. And yes, they definitely deserve all the credit, but also kudos to me, right? Because then this can sound really, I'm sorry if it sounds egotistical, but I, if I had been in my last toxic relationship that lasted about seven years, eight years, however long it was, I would not have made the strides that I made in the last six months. Like I put in a lot of work to do this healing. And because of all that work, then I was able to, within these last six months, figure out these are the ways in which you're still acting like before you started your healing journey or these are other things that you might want to change and these are other I'm stepping into a whole new phase of darling and that's where this podcast comes into play and my new career and my baptism I'm I got baptized last Sunday I am moving forward into I feel a very positive direction and just a whole new version of me that I don't think I've ever known before. And I'm so excited for me to get to know her and continue to know her and for y'all to get to see this blossom because none of us is done with our journey, right? If we, or none of us are done with our journey, if we are still here, and we are still going through obstacles and we are still learning lessons, it's for a reason. It's for a reason. That means there's a purpose for us and that means we shouldn't give up hope. We should continue to love ourselves and care for ourselves so that we can love others and care for others whenever they need it. So y'all, thanks again for watching this two-parter episode and like this video and subscribe to my channel so that you can continue to get more content. We, um, I have gotten in contact with a couple of guests and we're putting some stuff together. So um, I look forward to sharing with y'all finally things that will maybe help you guys along the way and find a mental health therapist for yourself or talk about certain things of your life that Maybe you haven't had the courage to talk about yet. So many different things and great things are coming to us and we just got to be open and receptive to them. Thank you all once again, sending everybody love and light and blessings. See you all for episode three of Doses of Darling.